Jennifer. Hi, Richard. How are oh, you? I am fabulous right now. Oh, that's so great. So am I. So I just wanted to wish you happy Sakadawa, oh. which is a Tibetan holiday. Uh, I happened to have taken this picture on the Sakadawa Day, um, I think in 2004. Anyway, so I went to Mount Kailash and I did a circumambulation, as they call it, with Robert Thurman back then and filmed it. And I put it online so anybody can watch it. It's called Journey into Tibet with Robert Thurman. Ultimately, I had a, a holy man. At the end of the film, there's a holy man, a sadhu, as they call him, who lives in a cave not far from this photograph. And he overlooks the lake, the sacred lake, Mansarovar. And he said to me, you know, you Americans, you Westerners come here to do a circle of the mountain. And he said, the mountain circles you. And the idea being that you come all this way and you were, you know, it's cold and you're walking around the mountain and you're mountain gear. And when you get to the other side, it's the mountain that changes you, which I thought was unusual and ultimately led to the kind of work we're doing because it put me on a path, you know, to explore the other side of the mountain. So right. So how are you doing? What's going on? What's happening in your world? Well, my daughter just turned 17. Wow. Yes. Um, I am teaching, um, I want to say this, I'm teaching two, two courses on crime investigations. Oh my gosh. Uh, oh, anyone cool. would like, there's a beginner's course that's next Saturday, which would be June 22nd, or I'm sorry, I'm already in June. Huh. Um, <laughs> May 22nd? May 22nd, okay, and it's from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., and then the next level two will be on Sunday from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Well, tell us a little bit about this course. What, what, what happens? Oh, and they can find it on my website at jenniferschafer.com. Jenniferschafer.com. There'll Very be good. events at the end of the website. So you have to scroll all the way down to the end of the website and you'll see events and it'll have all the information there. But it's just, I'm everybody, I believe everybody has intuition. Everyone can actually learn how to understand their own gifts. And it's through this process, we'll work on a couple of cases, a couple of live cases, a couple of FBI cases, but it's just teaching it's basically teaching how to hone in on things that, you know, it's remote viewing and I make it in a safe environment and it's been very, you know, I love teaching it. I love teaching it. And then after level two, they'll have the chance to be part of an academy where we filter cases every once in a while and they can work on it, hand it back. And we give it back to either law enforcement, the FBI, um, interesting. My last course, we did some work on it or two courses ago on an FBI case. And when I gave the information to, um, to my colleagues and they actually said that there was a certain piece because it only takes one piece of information, like a red car or an IP address that can actually, um, solve the case the hell solve a case wow they actually helped they gave that information and by golly they did find it now whether or not they were going to find it you know if they were going to look there anyways when it dealt with the computer systems but that's what they were able to get that that then led to an arrest i think so it's, it's i think it's it's important to point that out which is and i think it's great that you do so which is 
it could be one, it could be the other. One thing could lead to the subconscious idea of knowing something, right. but it could also be new information from the flip side that someone's trying to assist or help you to, to solve whatever the mystery is. So right. it's, a, it's very unique work that you're doing. And I think that's great that you're teaching people how to do it. Um, Thank you. And it, it helps you understand your own intuition. It helps you, and you get us, so, What's fascinating with this is that you, we, I split you off into groups, and this is all via Zoom. So I split you off into groups on Zoom, and it is fascinating because all the different groups that don't talk to each other come up with very similar answers. So if, let's say I have a class of 50 people, or 25, whatever, and 90% of them say they saw a knife or they saw a lake or they saw, we can't, that's very significant. That's, you know. Sure, data. it's data. Yeah, it's data. And we've been doing, I've been doing it for years and that's been my pro bono work. And it's really, it's actually pretty exciting. I, and I was lucky enough to attend one of your, one of those events early on. Yes. About a year ago, I think. And and it was it was fascinating because you did have law enforcement uh, people there to observe mm -hmm. as well as to offer advice and to talk about what what was of value. And you know, it, this goes to process. When we talk about process in our podcast a lot, yes. you know, how does it work? And uh, you know, people are so the things that stop people from sort of hearing from the other side is one is they they want to hear voices, they want to hear sound, and they don't realize that we communicate all the time non-audibly with right. visuals. I mean, just this photograph that's behind me of Mount Kailash in Tibet means something to a lot of people. Let's put it that way. It Very means much. nothing to people who are not aware of it. People who've been there, when they see it, there's a visceral reaction to going, oh, I know what that's like, being at that altitude. And so a medium to access a visual especially that's very specific, mm -hmm. then they'll say, I'm seeing a fill in the blank red car. But it might be that the person on the flip side is trying their best to give that information in the form of a red car. And what they meant to say was a fast car. Right. So it's like red car might have meant fast car because they were thinking, well, what's a way to show a fast car? Well, red, you know, those are the cars that are usually pulled over by the police because right. of the color. Anyway, so it's about that interpretation. And, and then you just pointed out something very important. When you get a body of replies, so mm -hmm. you have 50 people, you have 100 people, mm -hmm. and such a percentage, 85% of them say, well, it was a car. The same kind of Discussion happens in courtrooms where people say, well, eyewitness reports are not valid. However, if you get 100 people to say, well, I saw a car accident, but the details are differently are different for each person, you know. Right, absolutely. And so, it's, it's interpretation. All of it's interpretation. All of it's interpretation. And at the same time, and this is in uh, Dr. Grayson's book after, where he talks about right. people talk about uh, like... Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson says a near-death experience is a subjective experience. So you can't really, you know, scientifically examine something that was personal. Right. However, as Dr. Grayson points out, once you get 100 people who had the same experience, then it becomes objective research because you can start to use the data. 70% right. experience this, a tunnel, a light, whatever. 
Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and in terms of process, I was talking to someone today, this morning on Quora, and talking meaning typing, uh, and they were talking about the mind-bending idea that a pet or an animal that had crossed over could communicate. And as we've experienced before, it's, it's telepathic. It's all telepathic. Nobody, if you think about it in your dream state, have you ever seen someone talk like this in your dream state? No, no one is out over there talking like that. It's all telepathic. And so in fact, I'll be looking at one spirit. I know I'm taking it to a different level, but I'll be looking at one spirit, but I'll be getting a projection from the wife. Like if there's a couple that's over there, one of them, I'll be thinking that I'm talking to that person, but the other person's projecting their thoughts and have to work it out. Wow, that's so interesting. Yeah, so like I had somebody the other day, I'm like, wow, I'm smelling a cigar, but I don't believe your father smoked a cigar. And she's like, no. I'm like, well, this person says, this person's definitely smoking a cigar in front of me. And she goes, oh my goodness, my husband's best friend passed away two weeks ago and he smoked cigars, loves cigars. I'm like, well, he's here, you know. But and that, <laughs> that detail was the thing that allowed you to be able to identify it. Correct. You know, uh, yesterday I was talking to someone doing, you know, that thing that I do with meditation where we just pretend that we can talk to somebody on the other side. And I asked them to sort of access someone that they could, you know, uh, that they've had a dream about or seen. And so she picked her mom. And so by doing that, just focusing on her mom, we started asking questions to her mom directly, like who was there to greet you and you crossed over, the usual. And then at some point she said, oh, I'm sensing my father is here as well. Now we hadn't asked for him. And so when he showed up, I said, can I ask you a couple of questions? Again, she's not under hypnosis at all. She's got her eyes closed in a coffee shop. And I said, so show your daughter something that she is not aware of. Like what you're doing on the other side while you're over there. Just show her like an activity. And she said, I'm seeing him in a car driving with my mother. And it's in a Citroen. And a Citroen is an old French car. I mean, right. they, they still have them. But they're, And this woman had grown up in Europe. And so it made sense. And he was showing her a car that he used to own. And that he was driving through the countryside and he was seeing mountains and hills. And, and so she was experiencing what he experiences. Okay. Oh, wow. You see? And so that was an unusual thing because it's new information. It's not something she would have thought. Oh, right. gee, right. you know. That's another way to tell. So for our audience, because I really want them to understand when people are talking to you on the other side, just like you shared, they'll give you an experience or a feeling and you, so we call that a memory because that's a memory that they're, you know, and it's not something you're thinking. Like you weren't thinking about it, that car ride. They're showing, that's how right. I tell Cause I know that, I mean, the stuff that comes to me, the names that come to me, you know, I was, I know that I wasn't thinking that, but I've been doing this for, you know, forever. Yeah. Um, I say forever. <laughs> I've been out of my spiritual closet since 2009 is when I actually started practice, you know, started doing yeah. this, understand it. But when it comes to cases, you can actually get, like, I like to sense the smells, like everything gets heightened. So if I'm looking for, I don't mean to be morbid, or a body, I want to feel the area. I'll see something, I'll see barometer, but I might smell mud. 
or salt water, which will be an indicator that's close to, you know, the, the sea or whatever it is either you can go really you can really get immersed oh wow, that's interesting because if they could be showing you a memory or you could be experiencing it with them interesting so, and i did ask her to describe the feeling to ask her father to describe the feeling of being in the car can you i mean was the top down is there sun can you feel the sun and she said i can feel the sunlight as well as a gentle wind. So very difficult to create wind on the flip side because you have yeah. to construct it of a memory of wind. But you know, if you think about it, you're driving through the countryside, the windows are down, you're going to feel a lot of wind. If your arm is out the window, you know, you're going to get that. But right. then you start to examine it like, why would my father have that as their image? And now you're stepping into their shoes. It's like when we, we talked to Gary Shandling uh, you know, in backstage pass, and we had, you asked him what he was doing on the other side, and he said, I'm golfing. Okay. And I was like, wow, you know, I don't know if he golfed or if that was his journey or whatever, but he said uh, that he created the courses out of memories of courses he had been on. Mm -hmm. And then I said, well, how many holes do you play? Because you think, like, you know, a golf match, golf game is 36 holes, 18 holes, whatever it is. And he said, two. How many holes? He said two. I said, what? And he said, because the T's are very far apart, mm -hmm. which is hilarious for a comedian to say. But it was the idea that you could tee off in Tibet and <laughs> right. the first hole might be in Hawaii. Right. Long way to go. Anyway, just kind of, you know, in our way of introducing people to the concept of process of, ch of talking to the other side, what you just pointed out was focus on details. Focus on details, like focus on, you know, like you, when you take somebody through a past life regression or when you have them, you ask them, look at your feet. What do you, what do you, are you wearing any shoes? Are you, right. you know, um, are you standing on ground? Is, are you inside or are you outside? Where are you? Right. And, it's, and it, it's super fun once you get. It does, but then it gets, and, and then it, this dovetails back to our subjective objective point, which is, I'll ask somebody, you know, can you ask your guide to take you to your counsel? They're not under hypnosis. They, they will say out loud, what's a counsel? I don't know what you're talking about. Or who's my guide? I don't know what my guide is. And, but I'm saying, well, based on, you know, the many cases I've studied, everyone's got one. And, and so your guide knows what I'm talking about. And within a few seconds, I'll say, are we inside or outside? And they describe a place. Yeah. Sometimes it's inside. Sometimes it's outside. There's a number of people there that are guardians or people who oversee their lifetimes. Something that they had never conceived of before. And yet, and this goes back to the objective thing, which is when you compare all the cases, as I do in Architecture of the Afterlife, 50 cases, they've all got councils. And all of them we can communicate with the council members and ask them like, what are you doing right. here? How did you show up here? So anyway, that's a way to lead you into our friend Luana, whose birthday. Yes. Was shared with your daughter. Shared with my daughter who turned 17 yesterday. And Lou, how old did you turn yesterday? <laughs> it's either 56 or 62. 
But she's I'm making, sure, hold on, she's making it, just give me a second. She's making a joke. I know. Let's see. Well, is she Jack Nicholson's age? Because she just showed me Jack. Probably, yeah. Okay. That's right. I don't know, but that's just... Well, she, I don't want to say when she was born, because she had hid that from everybody. She's going to you. <laughs> anyway. By the way, nothing on my clipboard. It's so funny that people come to me and like they feel, first get shocked because I look like I do when I talk to you. Right, you're looking down like, oh, you're online searching the answer. Um, but I'm like, you remember the clipboard? I always love my clients that come from this. Um, that's just so funny. I'm sorry. So I had to explain that because when we talk to Luana, I'm not looking at anything that you're sending me or anything. Yeah, yeah. And so Luana, you have a clipboard. We've heard that. Yes. You have a clipboard on the flip side. And you're the one in charge of our class. Oh my goodness, she just showed me with a long list of names trying to talk to Trying to talk to us. All right, Lou, you know, it's your birthday. Who do you want us to talk to? Do you want us to talk to you? Or do you want us to talk to somebody on your list? Okay. She wants to talk to you. Hold on. Oh, she's like, don't ever tell my age. She's like, why would you ask that? Like, don't. She said timeless, clearly timeless. Timeless, that's what I was looking for. I to talk to, I'm like, what are you wanting to talk to Rich for? There's a line you said of people that are not saying that that's about And she just wanted to do that. That's yeah. fine, it's allowed. Okay, so, all right, let me like to see who, who does she want us to talk to? Oh, Paxton. Oh, Billy. She said that you, okay. <laughs> Uh, sorry, I wish you guys could see what comes through in my head. He's like, he went like this, like he was dusting off dirt and stuff <laughs> and like rumbling to get to the front of the line. Um, he said that you recently were talking about him, like either a week ago. Yeah, that's true. I and was. That, and then he said that, um, he said that it was interesting to hear about how you remember things or what was shown, like, Oh, oh, do you mean that my memory of the way events occurred is different than yours? Is that what you mean? Is that a subtle way of telling me I'm wrong? <laughs> it's interpretation. Oh, he's just reminding you about how much fun you guys had together. It's true. And the reason I was talking about Billy is because people often confront me with the idea that a medium is reading my mind. And I point <laughs> out that... My mind is boggled as it is, but still, uh, in the case of the film Talking to Bill Paxson, three different mediums, including Jennifer, um, answered the same questions that I had for Bill. Where did we meet? When did we meet? What were you doing when we met? Very right. specific, detailed questions. Right. Right. But, okay, so that's what he's referring to. But in one of the cases, I wasn't there. I handed those questions off to a third party. They asked the questions to a medium. The medium gave the exact same answers. So it's not possible the medium could be reading my mind, you see? By the way, it's, it's just uncanny how people think that's easy. Like, that <laughs> around well, like reading people's minds. Like, I can't believe it. she's just reading his mind. Okay. No. Well, I, you'd, then you'd have yeah. to explain how that happened. Again, um, first of all, I don't go around reading minds. I don't turn my gift off, but I don't go around reading mine. Secondly, I'm talking to Luana. I'm actually 
talking to her, projecting thoughts to her, she's showing me different, like Billy's always funny when he comes in. She was, I mean, good work, Billy Paxson's here. And then he's showing me like a week ago, you talking about him and his interpretation, like that's- That's accurate. Me yeah. reading your mind about that. I don't even know. <laughs> that's right. I wouldn't even know where to begin. <laughs> but, that noggin of yours, there's so much information. Like, I don't know how, like maybe if I stare at you, like men stare at goats or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But Billy, you know, people aren't that interested in where I met you and how we met and blah, 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 blah. He's just reminding you how much fun it was. It was. That's all. Okay, but you're still having fun because we know you're a fun guy. So tell always. us. Always. 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 So tell us what you're up to. The last time we talked, you spoke a little bit about creating beaches that you could go and walk along, like deserted, you know. So what are you doing? What are you up to? Who are you playing with? I'm just too embarrassed to even talk. He's referencing something that I've been watching, which is very childish, but it just allows me to go, which is my vampire diaries. You know, I've watched all the vampire shows. I don't have to think about it. It's entertaining. It takes me away from having other information come in. So it's kind of like my shield, I guess. Right. And he just showed me one of the characters that just got killed off <laughs> in the season finale that I just watched. I just started laughing. I'm like, so are you acting like him, Damon? <laughs> <laughs> well what does he mean what does he mean by that i don't know um because when you ask him what is he doing now i think he was saying i'm a vampire i'm haunting you know people um give me a second he showed me that because he said he was there watching it with me which is funny and I, I actually, oh, okay yeah there you go i was over your shoulder watching that show with yeah you. i was watching that show so hold on he says he's just cruising around making sure people are getting where they need to go. That's great. He said that whole coincidence thing that we were, that's not, that we're the not. ones negative, right? Yeah. Keep, keeping people safe. Thank goodness people aren't dying. It's getting crowded up there. <laughs> well, just to focus a little bit, down. just to focus a little bit about what he's saying, that idea of keeping an eye on people, because we talk about this, there's a couple of things at play here. One is some people would be like, why would Bill go hang out and watch TV with Jennifer and when he could be doing something else? And the answer is he's outside of time. So he can be in 10 places at once if he wants to be. He can be watching over his family, friends, whatever. It's his choice. But also because she's got the phone book. She's yeah. literally got his cell phone. He also was saying, he's like, I was trying to get you to hurry up. <laughs> like, I was trying to get you to get to work. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. But I had, I had a couple of emergencies that we talked about. But Yeah, that's, that's right. So, but okay, beyond that, Billy, and you're saying, you know, it's good. Uh, he's, saying, he's saying that people need to know their loved ones watch over them, that we really do. That it's not just something in their head or made up. Like, they really watch over us. They take us away when, you know, they help us if something, hold on. Without interfering with life and death. Try not to interfere. They help us along with meeting the people that we need to meet in certain times, stages of our lives. And then he's showing me, oh, that's, okay, so show me again, Billy. Okay, thank you. Meeting the people that we need to meet, like me meeting you. 
for instance. And he was still alive when I met you, remember? But yeah. like there was other people making sure that you and I would meet. You know, we didn't know this would be how many years <laughs> like that we've been doing this. It was 60 podcasts added to the other five years before that. 60. 60, yeah. It's kind of wild. But, and also Billy, back to that concept of coincidence where people feel like certain things are coincidental and and I just want to clarify something are you hold on Dick Cheney's here they just switched seats Dick Cheney he's still on the planet is it his higher self no not Dick oh Cheney. sorry you're talking about Maverick who's Maverick, Maverick. okay very good Maverick sorry. all right but hold on Maverick you can't just throw Bill Paxton out of the chair you're going to have to wait until I finish Oh, yes, this I can. I've oh, been hold on a hair cup. No, 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 no. It has to do <laughs> with right. this water. It has to do with All this right. water. Give me a oh. second. Okay. Um, and Billy, is this okay with you to get pushed out of the absolutely. chair? Absolutely. Okay. He, said we right. he said we were boring anyways. <laughs> oh, thank you. All right. We're talking to John McCain. John, John McCain. Why did I say Dick Cheney? Eh, you know, six of one, half. They both have daughters. And Dick Cheney's daughter was just in the news because of what she had to say about the Republican Party. And John's daughter has been in the news lately because of her role on the show, whatever that is. But John, do you want to talk about Dick Cheney's daughter? Is that why you put Dick Cheney's name in your... Because you're welcome to, sir. He wants to talk about all of it. So hold on. Well, that's interesting. He said he wants people to know not to give up on whatever political party you're a part of. Just don't give up. Um, they're working behind the scenes. Interesting. Thank you. That we still like, he, so if I'm interpreting this correctly, he's making me feel that if that he's saying, don't give up on your own party or whatever it is, don't give up on the American people. Like, don't give up on the American people. And what's don't be discouraged, you mean? Don't be discouraged. That's a much better word. Yeah. And so are, is this a direct reference to what happened to Liz Cheney yesterday, who was voted out of her seat? Yes. yes. And without going into particulars, or do you want to go into particulars? This idea of the big lie and people talking about uh, the election being stolen. Do you want to talk about that or no? I'm trying to unite, not divide people. Okay, very good. And so uh, your, your point of elbowing Bill Paxson out of his chair is to say it's important for people to unite and not be divided. Absolutely. So how do we do that when there's so much vitriol and anger and angst and annoying things coming out of South Florida? Not adding to it. <laughs> not, not referring to it. Okay. All right. It. Yeah, not That's referring to it. Um, counterintuitive to what we're talking about right now. He's saying, don't feed it. Um, okay, okay, I understand. What, what do you recommend? What would be a way to help us? It is unfortunate what's, what has happened. It's unfortunate with the divide. Um, how do I say that? How do I say that? Go ahead, just say it. We can unpack it. Terrible leaders can cause a terrible divide that lingers for a very long time. That's true about any era. And they can know? also unite. They can also unite. But look at what 
you know, look at what Abra he's showing me Abraham Lincoln, what he, well, he's probably here, what Abraham Lincoln had to do, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and then he showed me Nixon. And then he showed me foreign policy, though. So the was, idea that Nixon, the foreign policy of Nixon was a value because it united different countries that hadn't been united before. Correct. But he still, you know, obviously made mistakes um, trying to focus on the better things that people have accomplished or what it's done for the parties in, in and of itself versus not having fear about what's going to happen. The fear is what's keeping everybody trapped. Um, John, is that what you wanted to say? That's it. Focus on the strengths. Focus on the strengths and how to bring, bring people together and the commonality of humanity. He showed me like a sifting cup, like keep the good stuff. Like if you put in all, if you put in humanity or the different parties through a sifter, there's still going to be some great things that are going to stick. Focus on that versus the stuff that's inconsequential. Okay, cool. And let me ask you, Bill, did you have anything else you wanted to say? How long do I have you for? You just went like this to your head and roughed up your head, like your hair. Yeah, I, I could use it. Um, no, I love you, brother. Thanks for coming by. I wanted to ask you a question. The question I had was, uh, is there a script? Did you, are you following a screenplay, a script of your life and no coincidences? Yes. And so, but improvisation is allowed. Can people change their mind or change a script mid, mid screenplay? They always do, he says. So that allows for free will. People can make mistakes and, or change the it's scene. Inter it's interpretation as well. Meaning? Their version of it might not be the accurate version. What do you mean? You mean like someone changes the script and then later on says, oh, well, that was meant to be. I was going to do that anyway. Yep. <laughs> and, but people. I don't you, have any idea what you're talking about. No, I, I, it's okay. But people, it, it's kind of re relates to what people ask me at Quora, which is, you know, why, why, why would anybody sign up for a screenplay where they would suffer? Why would they? Why would they have those experiences? And I say, well, it's a bigger story. It relates to all their performances and all the screenplays they've done before. You get tired of the same screenplay if it was just jolly and full of lollipops and unicorns every day. You would get too much ice cream could be a bad thing, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. But um, <laughs> it is. It is something that. So when show me again. You want to have the drama in your life. You want to feel. Some people want to feel. And if you've had too many lives where it's been one way, you're going to want it to be pretty dramatic. It doesn't mean you consciously said, please beat me up or please do this or please abuse me. Or he's like, you, you, the underlying threads of how you wanted to accomplish something at the end point, whether it's to grieve, learn what grieving means, so that way you didn't come back as a serial killer or, you know, when someone's was killed. To understand each part, you have to be each part at one point. And, and clarify this for a second, Billy. Actors that are on stage are focused on their reality and are, because of filters on the brain, as Dr. Grayson puts it, they're not, 
Go ahead. He just showed me a Neanderthal. So he just showed me like people evolve over time within whatever they're going through. Cause you can be completely evolved, but still have people dying and grieving and having, you know, that's going to like, show me again. You can have people with lots of money or having the per what you would call the perfect life, but yet there's people starving in Africa. Like, well, a okay. But I, my question to you, Billy, was, so you're on stage, you're fully immersed in your character and you're playing a role to the best of your ability and not aware that you, you had a dramatic idea like conflict is the essence of drama and you wanted to have more conflict. However, there's some portion of your conscious energy that's back home that is aware of all your lifetimes. Is that correct? That like you're in the audience and on stage at the same time? Yes. And so there's a value to being in the audience and watching yourself suffer on stage. Is that correct? Something like that? I'm asking because it almost, I almost felt like, um, sorry, hold on a second. It almost felt like, hey, why are you keep showing me that guy? I'll look at that guy. I don't understand. Sorry. What guy? The vampire that got killed off the show. He oh, the actor. Is he showing you the actor or the character? The actor. The actor, but that's right. different from the character. character. Let's ask him. Because this actor was the worst, did so many demonstrative, like did so many things acting in the show. He was always the bad guy, but at the end, he saved everybody else. Very good. And that's an example of what, uh, the kind of lifetime somebody might choose. Is that right, Billy? Over lifetimes, yes. Over lifetimes, I was going to say. So, so the arc, your arc, your character arc, may not be just this lifetime. It might be six lifetimes. It might be ten lifetimes. And the people you interact with on stage, of course, they don't remember seeing you in the previous lifetime, thank God, especially if you're a vampire. But that idea that you can learn something really profound after going through it over and again. At the end of this, this is so funny, Damon's life, he showed me, because he got separated from the love of his life. Like he finally found love and he goes, I have lived 137 years or whatever. I can't, or 173 years, doesn't matter. I have lived, I finally found love. Like that's what life is all about, is finding that love. Even though it happened at the end of his life, and he went through so much suffering and torture throughout the, his life. It's so funny that he's showing me this character. Um, at the end, it was just, it was different. The, at the end, he was just like, I'm at peace to leave because I found love. So, and, and just to give it an underline it, you think of what the vampire mythology is. It's the idea of eternal life. And, and it's the thing that we aren't aware of, but we have already because of course, we go home and when we go home, we continue on and then we come back here. So the vampire saga is almost because it's it, it, each time you're here with somebody else, it's a whole different scenario over the course of decades and centuries, et cetera, et cetera. But if you think of it as I go home and then I come back, I'm still the same person, but I've learned, I've learned more. And maybe my face is different and maybe my gender is different. 
and maybe other things about me are different, but I'm continuing to learn. So it's like the vampire mythology follows almost in a weird way what we're talking about, the flip side. Right. Is that why you popped that into her mind, Billy, or am I extrapolating? Of course. He's like, of course. <laughs> and I'm laughing because then I did research without knowing it. Woohoo! Look at me. <laughs> so, Billy, when are you coming back, bro? Do you have any idea? Have you thought about it? We're already there. You should well, you're be. here. You're physically here. We know that. He just showed me your next cat. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> My next cat. That's funny. Yeah. Um, um, well, look. Do, no, I, he's waiting. Hold on. Go ahead. He's waiting. This version of him, Billy Paxton, is waiting for his soul group to get back together. And then they plan for their next, you know, um, luxurious life, he said. Extravaganza. Epic adventure. Yeah, he showed me golfing, which is funny, and riding his bikes throughout Europe and all sorts of stuff. It's just That's kind of great. Are you golfing? I'm learning. Very good. And how do you do that? Do you do you use courses that you? I mean, you shot a film about a golfer. Do you use courses that you've been on, or do you? I mean, you directed a film, wrote and directed a film about a golfer. Yeah. Hold on. I work with some of the greats. He was showing me an old, old, like, well, he was showing me Pinehurst and he showed me like a golfer that was wearing like, I don't know, these, you know, those pants that you. Yeah, yeah, old duffer pants. Yeah. Golfing. Well, he made a movie about someone like that, a character. And I'm, I can't off the top of my head. It was a true I, story. I did not know that at all. Well, it was a true um, story. It was a beautiful film. Working with him. So whatever that guy is, he's working with him. Whatever that is, I'll think of it. Pinehurst is making me feel, so that's where he's playing, a different version of Pinehurst. You know what, I'll look it up and I'll put it in the or text. Is it, wait, is it Pebble Beach or Pinehurst? I think Pebble Beach, I'm sorry. Pebble Beach, okay. And Billy, did you ever play Pebble Beach in your lifetime? Once for a charity event. For a charity thing, okay. I'll look that up and I'll put it in our He said he was text. awful. <laughs> yeah, but you love the sport so much you made a film about it. He didn't, have, he didn't have enough patience. Not like his father, he said. Interesting. John, was John a golfer? He liked to fish more, but that takes a lot of patience too. Okay, patience. I see what you're saying. It takes patience to be good at what you're doing. Yeah. Wow, that's brilliant. I have to go. I know you do. And so uh, let's thank everybody that came by. Billy, it's all, always fun, bro. Luana, happy birthday. Yes, and uh, if you go to my website, Jennifer Schaefer, S-H-A-F-F-E-R, jenniferschaefer.com. Go down to the events below. Join my class. We have a sign up. Join up. It should be fun. I'll have Rich there. I'll drag him into it. <laughs> I will be happy to show up and, and tease you relentlessly. John McCain, I'm sorry that I squeezed your questions in but I appreciate you stopping by to have a very important conversation about uniting our country because obviously you went through the great divide and and you're you're uniquely situated to be able to speak to that so we appreciate you sir for stopping by and just to give us that one note <laughs> okay very good what a fun thing to get from John McCain thank you sir thank you Jennifer for your gifts and we will catch you on the flip side next week. Yep.
Bye. Okay. Bye.